Awesome date. March 2nd, 2009. Awesome topic. It's a revolution. Yeah, this is the awesome cast. I'm John Stewart. Welcome to the Daily Show. Shut up. I'm Stephen Colbert. Shut up. This is the awesome cast. Bears is the number one threat. We don't. Maybe. Well, like the polar bears with the life jackets. Yeah. Or was that the tigers? I forget. The tigers had the bulletproof vest. That's right. The polar bears, the life jackets. What the fuck are you guys talking about? It was an earlier awesome. Earlier cast. thing. Earlier it's, thing. It's an entire to our viewers who've listened to more than three of these. I don't. Know. That's right. But for this one, I'm Basil. I'm Eric. I'm Lee. I'm Rail. And that's us. Remind me, Brad, to get you actually in the awesome reserves. You need a picture or something. Brad, no. Rail, whatever, use of both. Yeah. People online tend to know me as Rail, so that's probably the better option. Mr. Bradley, your towel is ready. Now, by the time we actually have this will air, the contest has been over. Yay! And the winner has been chosen. Someone talked to us. They did. However... You're going to have to read, not listen. We're po- we're podcasting on, like, the Tuesday night that's still in February, so a person has not yet been chosen. But we've got another email. This from, from Jonathan Wilson. Do we read emails now? Yes. When we get them. Jesus, miss one awesome cast, and then uh, we start the reading reader email. Yeah. Well, that's because after from one awesome cast, we actually got an email. It's time so. for a little viewer mail! This one's actually from a guy, he, um, his name's Jonathan Wilson, but he goes by the name Fox. Should we really say this guy's like full name on, on the internet? Ah, uh, too bad he sent me an email, he's going to deal with it. Edit it out. Besides, well, James said the guy's full name and email last time. Oh, shit. So, oh well. We shouldn't do that, guys. <laughs> Probably not. Anyways, I'm also going to link to this guy's band. He is apparently a member of a group called Band of Seven. They're sort of a nerdcore hip-hop anime group. And they're managing a dance-off at MTAC. They were like, hey guys, we're going to do this thing. So I thought, you know, I'd say, hey, check them out at MTAC because we're going. Dance so off. James knows them? I don't know if James knows them or not. But James should know them. He though. should know them. He, I mean, he also does the other nerdcore stuff. But yeah. Yeah, maybe, the, maybe they know each other, we don't even know it. But James isn't here, so... Anyways, they're also apparently going to be um, coinciding with their second album, Memoirs on Otaku. And so, they want to spread the word about their group, and so we're going to throw a link in the uh, show notes and check them out at MTAC, because they're going to be there, and hopefully it'll be pretty awesome. And as he says, stay gold, awesome cast. You stay gold too, sir. And now you're in the running... To possibly win a t-shirt. We'll find out next week. I want a t-shirt. A wet t-shirt. Isn't second place like a ball of dicks or something? No, that was a bag of dicks. <laughs> we don't have any balls of dicks here. Only bags. James said, James said balls of dicks. No, he, he said bags. No, no, That's because James balls. was thinking about both at the same time. I got you. Alright, if James has a ball of dicks, you can have the ball of dicks if you're second place. That's right. But also, like we said, we're going to MTAC, Metal Tennessee Anime Convention. I'm not quite sure which one of you know, these yahoos I'm taking with me yet. I love you, Basil. That's right, you do. Oh, better Since love we you. only got one free pass, it doesn't really matter who he selects. Well, no, I mean, I'm willing to split what, my free pass among everybody else as far as the difference goes. So we can make it cheaper for all of us. Anyways. Yay! We're going to MTAC. We're hopefully actually doing some panels. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be cool. Sup, Nico? He's community manager. Actually, helped me set this all up. We actually met him at Eighty Away. It was pretty cool. He also stars in the World in the Youth. That's right. That's more like isn't that more Nico? Nico, not Nico. Jeez, Lee. 
Well, pardon me you for trying to ruin throw. everything. I know. That's like my job here at the Awesome Cast. Come well, you, all the way. Well, you, here. Can, you, can, you can throw some wrenches into these new news reports during the world of awesome. On loose. Guns Maquette, sorry. Shut up, sorry. And now for the most depressing series of news ever. First up, Kodansha reports its largest annual loss ever. The Japanese publishing giant Kodansha has announced their financial results for their 2008 fiscal year. But apparently, everything is down. You know, comic sales down, annual sales drop of 6.4%, loss of 7.686 billion yen, or 81.2 million for 2008, the largest annual loss in the company's history. Their uh, magazine revenues, which includes like comic anthologies, were at 93.7%. The book divisions were at 92.1%. And their advertising was at 89.8%. Well, everybody's suffering. It sure kind of sucks. And we know that they announced um, they're going to do a U.S. branch of Kodansha Mm -hmm. um, last year. (laughs) But who knows if they're actually going to really pull through with it. Thankfully, they still got their sweet-ass deal with Delray, so we'll still get the good books. Well, that's good. That doesn't come as a surprise, considering I read somewhere, like I think in The Economist last week, or one of the economic magazines, the entire economy of Japan, like the last quarter, was down 12% at an annualized rate. That's like, we in this country haven't seen something like that since like the Great Depression. So, that's that's probably just reflective of the, the... uh, just how bad their economy is over there across the Pacific. So it's okay. Their birth rates take care of the problem. That's arguably why their economy is in the shitter. Well, I don't know things about that, but as long as they keep giving my Nodama Cantabile and they keep you know letting us get more volumes of Ushishi out there, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, they'll yeah, get yeah. They'll, they'll they'll develop robots to do all the work. Yeah, so, I read that somewhere. Yeah, they're yeah. That's robots. that's one of the great things about Japan. Giant robots. Say they know about robots. They'll have all those robots made in China. Best Buy is planning on changing their DVD strategy. Uh-oh. Um, Apparently, um, they're going to be uh, focusing their anime strategy to focus on stores where, where anime has actually performed well historically. The selection will be cut at approximately 800 stores out of Best Buy's just over 1,000 stores in the U.S. And out of these stores, only 600... Sorry, not 600... 461 stores will only carry the top 20 titles. Pretty much what they're doing is they're pretty much based on how well the titles perform. They're making an A-list, a B-list, and a C-list titles based on the sales. This is why Host Club was never in there. Wait, this isn't even taking place yet. No, no, Host yeah. Club... Uh, it was Host Club Club was for sale at Best Buy. Oh, I couldn't see it. Yeah, we could never find it. Yeah, I saw it for sale. Like, I was in there... In Chicago or... In, no, no, here. Here, I Recently? saw it for sale in, like two weeks ago when Whoa. I was in there. Yeah, I'll check again then. Yeah. Pretty much what will happen is all Best Buys will carry the A-list titles. The B-list titles will be, will be carried in 500 stores nationwide, and the C-list titles will be carried in the top um, 20 stores. Sorry, 2,000. 200 stores nationwide. One day I'll get my number straight. Wow. And apparent, Yeah, apparently... Um, John Cerebello of Media Blasters, he uh, he had stated on Anime on DVD, unfortunately the ramifications of this will be bad. Real bad. You are looking at a market that has already lost most of the major players. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't go to a Walmart and buy most anime. You can't go to a Target and buy most anime. You know, Suncoast no longer exists. no longer exist. A media play is, all, is either gone or almost gone. FYE is going FYE away. FYE is going away. And it's called, FYE shape. is going away? It's shitty prices anyway. Yeah, I think they, uh, I think they're slowly going. Away. When you specialize in malls where you have to charge full uh, MSRP for mm-hmm. CDs or DVDs, when you can just go across the highway to Best Buy and get them for two thirds. You know, the price, Circuit City's going away. You're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna die. Like uh, Best Buy was really the the last bastion. The two of, places uh, in Huntsville, like a town average size, that you can buy like more than fifty different anime titles at are Best Buy. And uh, movie stop. Yeah, like and, that's it. And movie stuff's mostly used. Yeah, and so it's, it's like the last real bastion of buying anime new uh, in the in a major marketplace was Best Buy. I mean, it, it yeah. really was, and that was where you went. And so they're 
you know, there's a couple of Borders, Borders books, which of course we talked about yeah, a couple it's of weeks ago. Yeah, they're uh, it's going away too. So now, Band Entertainment's Ken um, Iadomi has confirmed that a patch of Best Buy's changes are not just to the anime business, but to the entire DVD business. Like a lot of DVDs are getting cut. Oh, I'm sure their their uh, science fiction horror selections can get slashed. You know, uh-huh, uh, slashed horror. But I'm ching. We we used to carry a ton of tiny niche stuff at Best Buy that it was like Japanese horror films that we yeah. carry all ten of the series. I remember buying and, uh, Suicide Club. Suicide there. Club, yeah. yeah. Which I think Media Blasters is a lot of that sort of stuff as well as that Amigo nowadays. So um, it's that, that kind of stuff. So if, well, that stuff's going to cut too. It's going to be hurting you know, our smaller publishers more than like the big ones like Viz, Bandai. They're not going to be hurt quite so much because yeah. they've got a lot of the more popular properties. So they're going to see their, more of their stuff in the A-list anyways. And they do point out, um, ICB2, that Best Buy will still be the largest anime retailer in the U.S. Uh, for tiles not carried by Walmart. And even after this new changes, that won't change. They're still going to be the biggest place to get anime. Uh, well, this will be a lot less of it. Welcome you to buying your, your niche titles online yeah. and uh, or uh, anime Or if you're fortunate enough to live in an area that has a fries, go there. Because they're even cheaper than Best Buy and they have Whoa. about ten times the selection. Man. Holy shit. I if we live, you, yeah, I hate you people, people who can live Anybody who listens to our fries sucks. I think the nearest fries sucks. We don't have one. We, have one. Yeah. we have, uh, there are two in Atlanta. Oh, awesome. we can We can go there like... Uh, the Renaissance Festival. Oh no, there's an idea. I got to hit up this place because I've never been to one. I hear fries is kind of sort of the the. Mecca They're big of on the West eats. Coast and in Texas. Like if you com- fries compared to like Best Buy would be like say a Walmart Supercenter compared to your run of the mill grocery store. Mm. They carry like cardiographs and stuff like that. Oh, or possibly, but and you know, like water cooling units for. Uh, for uh, desktop PCs. <laughs> but, you know, it's also possible that you could, instead of possibly dying DVDs, you can go watch your media embedded in things like Hulu, unless you're Viz. Viz has requested that the streaming uh, video websites Hulu.com and Jost to remove the ability for viewers to embed their videos into other websites. This infects all episodes of Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, Bleach, and Death Note. I'm oh, okay I don't that. care about yeah. any of those series. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm oh, sure there were websites out there grabbing the Hulu feed, putting up their own, you know, what are those, Project Wonderful or whatever ads, or, or right. Google ads, and stuff like that, and, and uh, running their own Business. anime TV networks on other websites, and I'm okay with that. And you can still watch these episodes if you go to Hulu yeah, you just, they themselves. You just gotta go to the website that's hosting them, and I'm totally okay yeah, with exactly. that. Like, now, what's interesting what happens is that Bandai actually themselves embeds their Hulu videos on their own site. So I wonder if they're gonna take that away as well, and just link to the Hulu webpage itself, or what? Who knows, but I, I, I'm totally 100% okay with that. It's not like they're taking them off the internet. Yeah, you just, you have, just have to, have to, go, right to go to the right site. And, you know, I'm sure overnight, dozens of people to fight the man put up, you know, embedded hosted sites with Then why is Naruto. it so hard to find uh, English subs of uh, the anime we're going to talk about later in this podcast? Uh, well, we'll it's, talk about that later. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it later. But, um... Something to think about. Something I actually didn't write down, but it's still going on, is that uh, Diamond is cutting out a lot of their stuff. Oh, like, Diamond I know, piss, I know a lot of... Diamond never ceases to piss, like, piss off somebody. I know like, a lot of Viz titles, like some other stuff. Like, it was a lot of their, the backlog of things that were already released that they're not planning on getting more copies of was clearing out, but it's still going to make it hard. A lot of their titles were stuff that you didn't normally get to see, like... In uh, Walden Books and whatnot, and Barnes and Noble, some of the more mature-rated stuff that you wouldn't see there. Well, they get well, but they get that stuff from Diamond anyway, because they're the only major distributor of comic books and graphic novels in the entire United States. Well, only for like the direct market, like places like Barnes and Nobles and stuff have other options to get their books. Oh, uh, I'm not so sure about that, but maybe. You're right. I just know that when I worked at a comic book store, like we were working with Diamond oh, yeah. practically every month. And back then, all the major bookstores, your Borders, your Barnes and Nobles, they also had to go through Diamond because the it, entire it you know, nerd publishing industry basically had to go through them. It depends on what it is. Like when I worked at Borders, um, 
they had to go through Diamond for some things, but they did have alternate channels. Now, nine times out of ten, the alternate channels got their stuff from Diamond. From Diamond, yes, and then exactly. shipped it to us. But there, there were other people you could deal with. Um, so basically, when, they get their hands in the cookie jar at some point in the process. Yeah, well, at least you know when I worked. I don't know if it's still true today. It probably is, but when when they were getting me like a big out of print omnibus of The Walking Dead, actually. They went to Diamond first and couldn't get it through Diamond and then started going to all these small distributors. And they eventually found it from a small distributor that originally got it from Diamond. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know. Mm-hmm. I know that Diamond also has in- increased its, like, its or- the the amount of stuff you have to order by, like, $500 or $1,000. That's probably why I haven't gotten any of the books I subscribe to from Ed. And I found them at, like, regular chain bookstores. It makes me so mad because I want to get that extra 5% discount from Ed, you know. I get 10% at, like, a normal bookstore, but then I got to pay for membership each mm-hmm. year. Whereas, you know, our local comic book store will give us 15% just for having a box. And you'll support so, your local comic book Exactly, store, and I want to support Ed. You know, I've, yeah. I've done business with him for uh, over 10 years now, and it's just something that feels natural. And I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm not in a hurry to read any books. If anybody so. out there listening really wants to freak a guy out, uh, go to www.thedeep-comics.com. And send Ed. It'll just should just be web admin or whoever's running in an email, and say that Eric Basil and Brad uh, sent you, and uh, from the awesome cast, and he'll he'll really freak out. I think, but uh, be cool. You should go do he'll that. He'll freak not, out, and then he'll want much, your money. Unfortunately, because Lee doesn't have the the decade of uh, yes. knowing Ed that we all. I don't have, have the but. background uh, there. But speaking of comics. Batman sues Warner. Woohoo! It's a great story. And I mean the city of Batman in southeastern Turkey. No, we should have played it out a little bit. It should have been like, Batman got shot recently and is filing for disability. It's right. <laughs> Using his galactic bullet that kills gods. Oh, God. Miracle bullet which kills gods. And Why? It, and he's not dead, apparently. He's now... He's at the end of time. He's at the end of time. He's not dead. They think he's dead, but he actually got zipped to the end of time or something. Like... Maybe it's the beginning of time. It's one or the other. Like he got he got shipped somewhere. Um, the long story short is that it sucks, and you suck DC for doing it. Well, back to the the issue at hand. Well, the city of Batman in southeastern Turkey is suing Warner Brothers <laughs> and the Dark Knight director Christopher Nolan over the use of the city's name. The mayor of the city, Hussein um, Kalkin, told the. Hurriet Daily News that the suit was suggested by foreign journalists as a way of the city's financial troubles. Oh, you poor bastards. Although their city apparently predates the character, asserting the rights at this stage is a little tardy. The paper quotes they have the Intellectual and Industrial Property Rights Commission of the Istanbul Bar as noting for the period for objecting to the registration of the Batman trademark is now passed all over the world. You gotta gotta wonder if... uh... Uh, their their city's really pronounced Batman. Like you, you got or Batman or or Batman, yeah, or something like that. If it, or Baton, even like, yeah, you know, change your uh, romanization of the uh, language, and that'll you, fix everything. You've really got to wonder. But you know, it's it's poor guy. He was like, yeah, you should you should sue Warner Brothers. You have lots of so money. Yeah. Totally do that. So you know, there's this town I think in North Carolina called Bat Cave. Really? Yeah, there's they're like. They're like road signs for it that are always posted on the internet, but I've but I've seen it. I and mean, you have to wonder. Well, okay, they're in the same country as uh, the one that you know where Batman was founded. Are they going to sue or something like this? You know, probably not. They probably aren't like you know just random See, foreign people. Going, if I oh. was Batman Turkey, I would find a way to make money off this without resorting to lawsuits. They sell t-shirts. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sell t-shirts. You know. Set up some, like, I've touristy sites or stuff like that, you know. I lost my virginity in the Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my virginity in Batman. Come on, like... <laughs> Who could resist that shirt? That needs to be an awesome Especially cast. Especially in those times. <laughs> yeah, awesome that cast. Needs to be our lose your virginity in Batman. Shirt. But, uh... Oh, wow. That and, uh, uh, Tales of Homoerotic. <laughs> That's the other one that needs to be on a t-shirt. Oh... Oh, well. I thought it was just erotica, but 
No, it was a uh, uh, Brad. It was came a up joke with. we made up uh, like a couple of weeks ago or something. Yeah, remember during the during the B side, it's Tales of Homo. Oh, right, right, right. So yes, but now on things that are not Homo erotic, uh, unless you have any, anyone else has anything to add. Uh, I had something. Someone else had something quick, so I can think of my something. Was it the instant Starbucks coffee? Yeah, hey, anybody who drinks uh, Starbucks coffee, we're coming out with instant coffee. Um, if you want crap, uh, go ahead and get it. And uh, also, we have value meals now. So uh, if you want to come into McBucks and uh, <laughs> get you a grab a egg. combo yeah, meal and some instant uh, coffee. Don't let you call it that. Yeah, we're not, we're not allowed to call it uh, value meals. They're pairings. Flavor pairings. I wonder if I'm breaking some kind of confidentiality <laughs> agreement by telling all this. Well, hopefully, no one who works at important places at Starbucks will be listening to this. Oh, oh we can only hope. Um, no, they're, they're actually not that bad. Um, and the combo meals are awesome deals. Like actually, like our sandwiches are like three fifty a piece, and the combo stuff is like three ninety for like Whoa. a drink and the sandwich. And considering normally our drinks cost four dollars each, that's not actually a bad deal. Oh, I had something else. Street Fighter Four is awesome. Yes, oh, is. oh, wait. Actually, yeah, 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 I wait. had one more news item that I forgot about. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Shut up. You wish. It's Douglas's baby. Apparently, uh, someone's actually gotten the um, readership stats for uh, Shonen Jump and Shonen Magazine and Shonen Sunday. Okay. This ought to be interesting. It's inter- it is interesting. Uh, apparently, there's uh, two, almost three million people who subscribe to uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. Is this in Japan only? Yes. Or is this worldwide or in America? I, I think this is. I think this is Japan. And um, it's interesting that you know, ages six to eight, one percent; ages nine through eleven, twenty-one point eight percent; ages twelve through fourteen, forty point one percent; sixteen to twelve, twenty-three point five percent; eighteen through fifty and above, ninety-nine point nine percent. No, thirteen point six. No, the, the vast majority of people who read Shonen Jump are either 14 or younger. Well, that makes sense. You know. So next time you're thinking how awesome One Piece or Bleach or Naruto is, realize this is, in fact, meant for little It's got to be Japan because they yeah. mentioned Shonen Sunday and stuff, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's got to be Japan. Because only Shonen Jump has an actual American... Now, of course, well, you'll notice that it's 12 through 14... Then 16 through 17. Well, you know, in Japan, those 15. kids are legal, so, I mean, I don't, well, they're well, not kids. They don't have the ages 15 in, involved. 15-year-olds don't read manga in Japan. Oh, Wait, sure. They skipped all. it? Yeah. We think it was a typo. It's probably like 12 through, either 12 through 15 or 15 through 17. Well, like 15 they, through 17. They totally don't read. No, no, 15-year-olds aren't allowed. It's a law in Japan. Um, if Once you turn 15, all your manga is confiscated for a year. Um, if you're still in Taku at the age of 16, you can go back to reading it. Um, but and every ceiling has gullible written on it. Now, Shonen Shonen Magazine is like the exact opposite. It's designed for more um, older people. What's mm-hmm. more more seinen, but still called Shonen. And that you know, fifteen through nineteen is fourteen point three, and then everything else is twenty and above. Does it have the boobies? Um. Well, it's stuff like um. <laughs> Well, so I don't think the numbers pre- will tell you that, Lee. <laughs> like, well, let's see. Where does it have the boobies? Zeros, is there, there? Yeah, two zeros? <laughs> two zeros. Two zeros, decimal points. No, but a weekly Shonen magazine has things like So Long, Mr. Spare. Yes. Um, and it's got almost two million people subscribed to that one. Now, what's interesting is that Weekly Shonen Sunday only gets, you know, it's only right under a million. Mm-hmm. And their ages shoot all across the board, where 13 through 15 is 22.2%, 16 through 18 is 28.6%, 19 through 22 is 17.5, and 23 and above is 20.8. It's pretty pretty evenly, you know, it's, it's equally broad among all age groups. Mm-hmm. And like most trivia, this is all interesting and all useless. Exactly. Well, this is stuff that's got, like, you know, isn't Takahashi... Most of her major works have been on Shonen Sunday. Shonen Sunday. Yeah. It's well, not Ikoku being the exception. You know, but it's also has Hayate, the Combat Butler, and huh? Kakaishi. Where was Maze on Ikoku? Uh, I don't know. I actually don't. Because that was the one Takahashi series I never read. But, you know, but this only ha- they only have, like, you know, 870,000 people reading this stuff, and yet, you know, it's 
a lot of the really big names that I've known, like, you know, Inuyasha and stuff, are is what's in here, and it's got, like, the least amount of, you know, well, keep subscribers. Keep in mind, those are subscribers, not people who, like, buy walk to, uh, yeah, buy them off the shelves at, like, some, you know, newsstand at a it's train true. station or something like that. That's how or most even people like, get their money. Or even graphic Japan. novels and stuff, yeah. too, so. That's true. But it's kind of interesting to see all the actual, actual age breakdowns. Was it? Well, you know, was you know, it interesting? I thought so. You know, for proof that next time Barry goes, Oh man, she did so great! Thanks for being 14, Barry. Oh, give people a rest. You can watch whatever you like. Well, sure. I mean, if he wants to watch his, you know, his grade school material, he's, he's more than welcome to. That's a low blow, Colonel. <laughs> and now, after insulting one of our friends for five minutes... <laughs> or that guy at Chili's, but you know. Oh man, that guy at Chili's. Yeah, and I want that I spinach guess... and artichoke dip. It's time to play some Slayer. There's a Halo joke. I didn't do very well. Shut up. I thought you were making a joke going like, so Screw you guys, I'm going now. Because now the music's going to be played. Forget yes. you guys. Our topic Thank you, is Slayer's Revolution. Forget you. Slayers Revolution. Oh my god, Slayers is so great. In case you haven't noticed yet, we've now subbed in Eric for Douglas. That's right, Douglas is here, bitches. Because Douglas is the biggest Slayers fan in the world. Douglas just called me a bitch. That's right, I did. You know why? Because you're a bitch. I'm a bitch. <laughs> Say it louder, Lee. I'm a bitch! I'm a bitch! Okay, but anyhow, we're here to talk about Slayers, which is the greatest anime ever. In its latest incarnation, Slayers Revolution. After all these years, it's back. How many years has it been? It's been it's several. It's been, uh... Well, Revolution aired last year, so that was 11 years after Slayer's Try, which was 97. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty dramatic. And the second half of that season, which is Evolution R, is currently airing. Mm-hmm. So now, it's like the typical Japanese catchy thing to do. Just take one letter from like one end of the word and put it on the other. Well, it actually kind of makes sense. I mean, if it you does. think about it, Revolution, and then they rotate it. Yep. I mean, I, I love it. I, I caught what they did there, and I laughed heartily. I thought it was great. Uh, although, I, I do kind of want to know what happened with Japanese TV, because something obviously did, because the first three seasons came out, and they were all like, what was it, Brad? Were they 24 or 28 episodes? They were 26. Oh, right in the middle there. Uh, they were 26 episodes long, but we have these series that come out, and they're only 13 episodes long per series. Oh. Yeah, but you get all 26 within one year. So, but I don't know why they decided to do it that way. From what I understand, when he, um, the Slayers guy pitched it, he had pitched it as Revolution, Evolution-R as the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how actually they're still doing it as this is still one giant overarching storyline. They just split it up into two different halves. Well, I know. Like, if, if you watch these series, you can very plainly see that, like, there's lots of threads left at the end of Revolution that they start to talk, like, even, we're only three episodes in, well, mm-hmm. I think they've come out with more, but I've only we're seen about, three I think episodes. up to seven now. Well, I've only seen up to three episodes into it's hard Evolution to R, uh, and they're already beginning to pick up threads that they left off from Evolution. Mm-hmm. So, it, they really are the same series, it just kind of makes me wonder what happened with Japanese broadcasting that they decided to split these shows up. I don't think up. anything changed, because if I recall, maybe I'm wrong, I could have sworn that at least one of the first three Slayer seasons was aired the same way. They aired the first uh, 13 episodes, wait like a few months, and then air the next 13. Because each of the original three seasons actually had like four or five episodes of filler 
after like the first part of the story yeah, arc the was first done, major and then story like arc. episodes fourteen through like seventeen would be basically the all this filler up. that. That th- that was either really annoying or really funny, mm-hmm. and next, um, it was really funny. and then all of a sudden they would get back to uh, the plot just like that, you know. So, also, if you haven't noticed, um, '90s was still they were still coming off their boom, yeah, where they could afford to do like 26 episode series. Nowadays, you'll actually notice that a lot of series tends to be 13 or 12 episodes long. That way they can gauge themselves and don't have to take as many risks, and if it does do well, then they can go, boom. Well, here's but, season two. Yeah, but with something like Slayers, I wouldn't think they'd be confident about it, but I guess with the way the economy is. Well, even when Slayers Revolution came out, like before it actually released and people saw what it was, a lot of people were sitting there saying, oh, they're just trying to make uh, Megumi Haishibara's cash cow. And, you know, if you really watch... If you really watch Revolution, it's really not that. It really is a good Slayers. It's not as good as Next. I'll go ahead and put that out there. But Slayers Next was the perfect anime series ever. Mm-hmm. So, but Revolution beats the pants out of Tribe. Oh God, it beats the pants out. of Tribe. I liked Tribe. I, I had I have a soft spot me. for some of Tribe myself, even though I do acknowledge it's the weakest link of the Slayers. I still like it. The original Slayers, the original Slayers little story arc, the one with Rezo and Shabardigdo and all that, is just a really great fantasy story. Uh. Like, it's just flat out a good fantasy story. Uh, The entire first season is still pretty good, but they were still trying to get their bearings. Next was perfect, and Try had the unfortunate happenstance of having to follow Next, which was the perfect series ever. Mm. You know, Try was good, it just wasn't phenomenal. In fact, Try was even great, it just wasn't phenomenal. Well, I like Try better than the first season, but that was just me. So, and I, I really didn't like Try at all. So, did you ever watch the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Try had some really great characters. Yes. It did. And I just felt like the story petered out. Like I think well, Try should have been thirteen. The episodes. problem with the story was that it took it 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 had almost a Dragon Ball Z sort of mm-hmm. uh, curse to it. At, during the second half of the season. Number one, like, the first half of the season was pretty good. It was, like, about as good as Next was. And then it had really, really annoying filler. Like, with the fish people and stuff like that. And yeah. a lot of people did like those. I found those annoying. And they brought the fish people back in uh, in the latest incarnation of Slayers. And I found that episode really annoying, too. It was, well, like, the fifth episode of... Of Evolution R. So. The fish people harken back to Noonsa. And, In the first one. And I love Noonsa. Noonsa's Noonsa hilarious. Was, Noonsa, like if you read the novels, Noonsa was the best gag in the novels. Actually, no, I take that back. There were several great gags. But the, the one novels, more than annoying than that that I can recall from Try is the one, uh, the Funhouse one. Yeah. 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 That was just ah, oh, I wanted to. I wanted to. I, I had kill successfully people. blocked that from my memory. Until yeah. You and then me. once they got back into the plot of Try, it took them like um, the part where they had a, a spoiler warning here. The part where they actually had to uh, get um, Galvera, the last of the uh, the last and most powerful of the five weapons that Darkstar created. Like that part was good. And then after that, where they fighting Darkstar, that took like four or five episodes when it could have been condensed into one or two. Here's the so. secret of Try. Just before you watch any episode, pre-screen it to see if it has Valgov in it. If it does, it's going to be a good episode. If it doesn't, it's going to be a bad episode. And that's why I have to say that Try really should have been a 13-episode series because there are about 13 yeah. episodes that have Valgov in them. Yeah. Like, and they're all the plot episodes. Basically. Well, that's an unfortunate thing when you have to stretch things out with filler and you get crap intermixed with, you know, genuine... Which they avoided with Revolution, because Revolution is a 13-episode series, followed up by the second half to it of Evolution R, so mm-hmm. you do have filler episodes, but the filler episodes are great. They're much more like the next filler episodes yes. than they are like the tri-filler mm-hmm. episodes. So, in case you haven't figured it out yet, Evolution... Revolution, sorry, is the is the fourth TV series of Slayers, which means that we've already met and known all the main characters. You know, Lena Inverse, awesome, crazy sorceress chick. Lena Inverse was my role model for many, many years, which explains why I'm probably such a raging bitch. Yeah, you've got Gowrie, the secretly most, the second secretly most intelligent character in the entire show. 
you actually introduce the most intelligent character in the show secretly later on. Basically, you're just going to confuse people when you yeah. introduce them that way, because Gallery, Gallery is stupid. Gallery is a genius. He just doesn't want to let on. Hey, 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 hey. They, they constantly, within the show, joke that he has jellyfish for brains, and at first you think, oh, they're just being so hard on Gallery, but after you watch enough episodes, you realize that, no, no, he is that dumb. And but you know, like any any person could be like a genius in one area and be really dumb in all the others. And if that's what you're implying, Basil, then I'll give you that. He knows things that everyone else fails to realize. Only to I realize what he's like. What that's that's something wrong. Well, see, he, he knows things. He's he's secretly everything runs through his brain. Only everything runs through his brain. He's kind of like Batman. If Only he doesn't have like filters to actually make parse things out, <laughs> and, yeah. he, and he can't remember. Yeah, that's the, actually a pretty good description of Gary. Now that you mentioned him, he's like Batman. If Batman were dumb. Okay, if Batman had the brains of a jellyfish, that's who Gary would be. But he's also really good at the sword, which is where he really comes in. And yeah. sadly, he's lost his sword, which is one of the main things about, or I'm hoping will be one of the main things that. Him finding a new sword to replace his sword of light. Well, again, to be a complete weeboo and, you know, go back to woven the novels, you know, if they follow the novel that these two series seem to be following, mm-hmm. that's what the major story arc is. But also in the novel that these two things seem that these two series seem to be following, uh, there was no Pokuda. I was about to ask if they had a plush. Pokuda was not anywhere in the books, but at the same time with the new updated art style that they're using for, for Slayer's Next. Mm-hmm. The art style looks exact looks like uh, Slayer's Next art style, except it's been digitalized with computers, so they stay a little bit more consistent in terms of their That's shape. That's one of the other the great things about, yeah. uh, about about Slayers in general. Well, I think that the, the, the tri-art style was like the next one as well. Yeah. They're, they're the same art style. But, but one thing that you notice... Uh, I hear a lot of complaints from old school fans about how, like, oh, well, they don't really have art in anime anymore. Well, the reason there was so much more detail back in the day during the 90s before uh, computers basically did everything was they were basically covering their mistakes. That's one of those things that they teach you in art class. You draw more lines to cover your mistakes. Mm -hmm. But the great thing is Slayer's... You know, now that there's been an 11-year gap between the last TV series, uh, exclude the movie Premium, but hey, between I like the movie well, I, I I like it too. It's just that you just have to be compare kind of a TV series to TV to like it. Compare TV series to TV series, movies and OBAs aside, but but you compare the last you know Next and Try to what's out right now, and <clears throat> the character designs and the artwork translate beautifully between cell-drawn animation to computer animation. They and that's really what's do. so wonderful about well, also if you, if you Those pay, character designs are timeless. If you pay attention to, if you actually look at the credits, mm-hmm. pretty much all the major people who are in charge of making all these Slayers, Slayers and X Slayers try, are all in Revolution. Mm-hmm. Like the entire main cast <clears throat> of actual, like you know, the director and the Kenzaka music guy. And, yeah. and uh are are back. Like they're all so, back, and you know, so are the voice. Uh, so, so are the, the voice, voice actors, actors. Mm-hmm. the character designers, the same. Mm-hmm. It's all if they brought back the team to do more Slayers. Now, the one complaint I have to make as a hardcore Slayers fan is actually Xanathar. Like, oh my God, go back and look at the Xanathar that was in season one of Slayers, and, and look at the Xanathar the... that's in Revolution. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different, different beast. Yeah, like. Uh, the the Xanathar that's at the end of the original Slayer series is this sort of ambiguous dragon powerful thing. The the monster that's at the end of of Revolution is like a spectral dog or something. Pretty or much. Like you know, I'm not sure which one I like better. I mean, this Xanathar was actually much more of a character than the other Xanathar, so it's hard to fault this Xanathar. But at the same time, I kind of ha- there was a kind of a quaintness to it actually being a dragon-like thing rather than doggy. If only they could have made it something different. Yeah, like if it had been just a little more dragon-like. I did really like ha- the spectralness to it. 
Mm. And I'm using that term spectral to describe that it looks like if you've ever played World of Warcraft and you fought any of the spectral mobs, it has that kind of look to it. That translucent-y, yeah. kind like, of wispy quality. Which I think, which, you know, I hate to sound like George Lucas saying this, but I think that was, in fact, the original intent in the original series. It's just with computers, they now have the ability yeah, to, to do, do it that much better. better. I guess the, the general plot of this particular season of Slayers is that there's this poor kingdom that's been ravaged by an illness that they can't solve. And they've been saved by a certain, you know, blind priest. Not naming any names. And the, and the two out. people who are left um, to help find a cure, they've been given extra bodies to run around in. One's a really, really dumb body, and one's a slightly less dumb body. I can't, Which one is the really, yeah. really dumb body? The really, really, Which one's the really, slightly less dumb the body? The really, really dumb body is Pokata. The slightly less dumb body is... Uh, no. No, 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 no. I'd rather be in Pokata's body. I'm sorry. I'd rather, I'd rather be a cute animal mascot than a furry. And you know how many small places he can get into. <laughs> oh, there's a good point. Yes. Uh, that sounded inappropriate, Brad. Although, I wasn't uh, thinking of it that way. I grant you... I was. If you look at Pokata's human form it's and his, his cute Digimon form, I would take the Digimon form. Oh god! Oh my god! That hair! I thought that Pokata's hair as like the cute animal mascot was stupid, and then I saw his human hair and realized that Rezo really did him a favor by putting him in this stuffed animal. Let's just say that a cockatrice died another, and splatted on his head. But another, at the same time, it, it looked like the same hairstyle that Ruri Arazumi drew in a lot Pokada, of the mango Pokada in his... In, <laughs> I was about to say plushy form. <laughs> well, that's what it is. It would make an awesome plushy. I would totally replace Inuyasha on my rear view. For, 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 for various for reasons, for separate reasons, Pokata and Nucleus are both stirring up shit in this kingdom. And the greatest character in the world has decided, obviously, Lena Inverse is at fault, and has decided that she's the one to blame. <clears throat> and so to prove her innocence, she has to find out who's actually to blame. That's not what it's going on, Basil, and you know it. Uh, the character, what's his name? Wiser. Wiser is actually even more ingenious than that. Well, it's true, but I well, want them to watch it to find out for themselves. Well, I, I don't care about that. I'm just going to tell them. <laughs> I told them about Captain Schwan, goddammit. I'll tell them about this, too. <laughs> oh, Captain Schwan. Uh, what Duclas is doing is that Duclas has actually figured out who's really at fault, and he, not not jokingly, has figured out who's really at fault. Like, he, he really has. He really is a good, competent detective. You mean wiser, not Duclas. Yeah, whatever. But anyhow, he's figured it out, and he has decided it's somebody that he can't touch. And so in order to expose this person who technically he, can't, he doesn't have any power over, he's accusing Lena Inverse so that Lena Inverse will find the true culprit, and once Lena Inverse has found the true culprit, he can then act. It's actually a really doesn't make sense call. because it seems like throughout the series he's working for Zelos. Well, well, the trick is with Wiser is that Wiser is just a guy. He has no powers. He's not good for the sword. You know, he's just this. You know, he's just this detective. You know, police type guy who has to use his brains because everyone around him is so much more powerful powerful than him. But he's got to trick them in order to make things work. And you know, man, does but he have is, balls to manipulate some of the people he manipulates? Well, you know, Wiser is in the books. Like, yeah. he really he is. is. Well, he's so awesome, he'd have to be. Like, I'm really sad that the, the biggest problem I have with e, uh, Evolution-R, it doesn't have enough Wiser in it. You know, Evolution-R, I haven't seen Zelos yet, and I'm very sad. No, Zelos is in Evolution-R. He came in, I think, a couple episodes ago. Is uh, Wiser with them? I haven't seen past because like the first not two the opening episode. either. Okay, because back, well, go ahead. Back when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. I used to really ship uh, Zelgadis Zelos. I look back now; I have no idea why I shipped that. Like no idea. But I have to say that after watching Revolution, I kind of ship Zelos and Wiser. The trick is that Wiser can even play Zelos. He did, in fact, play he Zelos. Play Zelos, and Zelos tried to go. Oh well, here's a fall trap pit. And Wiser goes, whatever, I'll make this use to my advantage too. And Zelos is like, touche. <laughs> yeah, Zelos gets kind of pissed in his Zelos way, which is to laugh and smile about it. 
But but yeah, Zelos is back in this series, and that's one of the things that makes it great. Oh, I love oh, Zelos. You, you, and Zelos being included in anything would just make it yes, great. Absolutely. I mean, oh man. Zelos you is, could, in my opinion, one of the most ingenious anime characters of all time. You know, it's so. kind of weird. I actually now can sort of see as... Well, I fully believe that Wiser is the Stephen Colbert of anime. Yeah. In the same role, Zelos almost plays like the Jon Stewart. <laughs> just a little. Does. Not exactly, but they feel the sort of the same opposing yet complementary roles to one another. I don't quite follow, but... Uh... You know how I hate Rosario plus Vampire? Yeah. Rosario plus Vampire would be good if Zelos showed up in it. Or Wiser. No, no, Zelos. It would have to be It'd Zelos. It'd have to be Zelos. Well, what if they had them both? Even better. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they should, you know, just dump this whole Lee Inverse thing and just give me a show that's just Wiser and Zelos pals around the world. I don't know, Basil. You have no. to have them in the... It, some, some people, some characters will go bad if you put them in the lead. You have there to have is, Unreal from the playoff of There yes, is actually Zelos a short story. There is actually a short story that Hajime Kanzuka wrote uh, that takes place between, I think, Next and Try. And it is just about Zelgodis's adventures as he wanders around the world looking for ways to cure himself. And his and his sidekick during this little Zelgodis only adventure is actually Zealous. Really? Yeah, and near the climax of near the climax of that little story, oh, Zelgodis totally freaks out on Zelos and starts like demanding to know why Zelgodis is following him around. He wants to know like what he did to deserve this and why can't he go bother somebody else and you know what's going on, what exactly is he trying to do, how is he trying to manipulate him. And so at the end Zelos of this big entire tirade, Zelos just shrugs and goes, "Free meal." And that's the entire reason Zelos was just dicking with him the whole time. <laughs> Which is how, you know, oh, Zelos tends to treat people. And this one's no exception, including, you know, creating his own popcorn no, to eat while they're watching, you know, these major, like, epic fights going on. Yeah. And I think he possibly offers Wiser some, too, but I couldn't remember. That might just be me adding stuff in. I don't know that he offers it to Wiser, but I do, in fact, remember that he offers it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a good show. I've heard some actual... I was kind of surprised when I was checking the internet. Apparently, some people actually really didn't like Revolution. And I guess maybe it's because the Pocatile and then the Hong Kong um, sort of like bootleg knockoff. Because for some reason, I guess they decided they couldn't give him a Sorrel Sword yet, so to... to, to to give him something that he could actually use. They, uh, Pokesa happens to have a bootleg knockoff sort of light mm, that yeah. only can be used for so long before it craps out on him. I did think that was kind of weird, but I didn't like fault it majorly against the series. No. Yeah. I, what, most of the complaints I heard about Revolution were that for, for about the first six or seven episodes, it was too, uh, too, uh, Moe, so to speak. Really and so? it wasn't like... It wasn't like it didn't have the fast-paced action and uppity stuff that like was uh, very very famous about um, next and the first season in particular. So well, I was just so happy to have the characters back. I, didn't I was too, and I think you would like Revolution is odd in that I think the people who like it more are the ones that saw the original series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, if you're a hardcore Slayers fan, you're going to like it. And there it. are also a lot of jokes in Revolution that you just wouldn't get unless you'd seen uh, Slayers beforehand. Now, so, I do have to say this. I showed, uh, like, you know, Barry, who lives here, uh -huh. uh, he, he liked Revolution. You know, he'd never seen any of the other Slayers, but he watched Revolution and he liked it because it's really good quality stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, but then I took him back and I showed him Slay I showed him the original Slayer series and then I showed him Next. And when he was watching Next, he noticed that the same kind of pattern to all the episodes and even to the rising action that they do from episode to episode mm -hmm. uh, is the same as what they do at the beginning of the beginning of Next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they really did kind of figure out a formula and they really do kind of follow it. And he actually didn't even comment that. Uh, Next did it better, you know, and that's that's going to be the sad truth. That if you want, if you really want to get into a Slayer series, I'm really as a huge Slayer's fan. I wouldn't really have to recommend getting into Next, but 
Revolution is good too. But you just have to like, be prepared that that next is going to overshadow your later Slayer's viewing. Just well, because. you know, I would almost actually recommend watching the original series. Watching I'm a next. purist. Watch them in order. Yeah, I say the same. You yeah. know, yeah. You know, just just watch them in order. And uh, watch the movies in the OVAs before first season. Oh too. yeah, God yes. <laughs> Except for premium, which takes place after. Well, um, it's it's the same basic thing. Watch them in canonical yeah. order, which is watch the movies, then watch the OABs, then watch season one, watch next. I'm actually willing to say you can fast forward through Try and just watch the Volgov episodes because those are the episodes with the plot. Those are the ones you need to see in order to figure out what's going on in Revolution, and then watch Revolution and Evolution R. Like I would actually. I would cut out a lot of that if you, if you want to start from scratch. Definitely watch the first first season Slayers. Definitely watch Next. Then go back and at least watch the movie at a couple of OVAs. Don't have to watch them all. The movie's kind of required, but the OVA's not so much. Actually, well, it introduces you to a, another interesting character. I, I would actually say that you don't have to watch all of the movies at OVAs, nor do you have to watch the movies... Uh, nor do you have to watch the OAVs, just that you should really watch at least one of them. You should really at least know who Naga is. Mm-hmm. Well, well, <laughs> I mean, yes. well, yeah, if you're but... going to be a Slayers fan, you got to know who Naga is. Now, try, I can take it or leave it, honestly. But I believe you should at least watch the first season, second, next, the first movie, especially, if you had to choose one. And then go on to Revolution... But you don't have to watch the first movie until you get to the ER. Now, I think it was important to watch some of Try because a lot of really important plot points happened in yeah, Try. They really do. Like they're they're really important plot points and they're really good. It's just like I said earlier, I, there's a bunch of episodes that I just think don't even need to be in there. I think there's actually even a bunch of scenes within those important episodes that don't need to be in there that were just kind of like that were just kind of like filling space. Mm-hmm. But but, in, okay. but you know, but Revolution I felt was you know oh, I don't God. care what you say, Internet. Revolution was a good show. It, it was, was awesome. Revolution really really was a good show, and it was <clears throat> re- watching Revol- Slayer's Revolution really felt like coming home. It really did, and when you saw those characters there, I was so excited and when I saw the, the the first episode. I was just like, oh. And more importantly, you see these characters, and you're not happy just because the characters are there. But they're because they're actually acting like the actual characters. It's not like they're they're like oh, there's Lena, yay! No, it's it's actually Lena. It's actually Gowry doing stuff. It's actually Amelia doing stuff. It's actually all Goddess doing stuff. And uh, I have one complaint there. I have to complain about Zalgadis. Yes, me too. He's gone. Uh... They they did in fact make Zalgadis a little too moe. Yeah, like, too uh, I think so. That's more in ER though. That's but, like yeah, Revolution. Yeah, not in Revolution. It's not so bad in ER though. He does go. He, he becomes a Sundari almost. Well, he he literally in episode what was it three or was it two? Yeah, I think it was three. He I'm went, kind of hoping to, like, oh my god, he Reza, actually you, ran you, off crying. Yeah, well, Reza, you what was the hell? Planning on reviewing ER separately. Well, too bad. We just too to bad. We're talking we about it. We're talking about it, Basil. What are you gonna do? Look, we have enough Slayers information that we could spout on this for hours. We'll have plenty for the ER podcast. Well, that's true. That's right. And that's not going to be for a while until you're in... And we've all seen it. I have to talk a little bit more about the Cell Goddess Zealous thing, because it was my first. Like, I know most people sit there and go, oh, like, Gundam Wing was my first, but no. For me, it was Slayers. I was sitting there on the computer with my little sister. We were going to, like, Zelgadis and Lena... Zelgadis and Amelia Shrines and and Lena and Gowrie Shrines, and we just, by accident, happened to cross the Zelgadis Zelos Shrine. This is how you know you're old school. And mm-hmm. we thought it was a joke. Like, we thought that somebody had just made a parody site. And so we were going and looking at all the pictures of them, like, holding hands and stuff, and we thought that we thought that somebody was just being silly. We didn't know someone was serious about this. But little bit by little bit, as we read all the different fan fictions on there, as we looked at all the different pictures, we slowly came to the realization that, oh my gosh, you can pair two guys together. What the hey? And it was wonderful. We no longer had to fight about who was better, Zealous or Zelgadis. We could now answer both. And that is, they say, is the rest of the story. Well, I wanted us to say something about the uh, voice acting. 
in in Revolution. Uh-huh. And something I've noticed is that they're just as good as they were 10 or 11 years ago. Megumi Hashibara is back, folks. She's back to take back her throne as the queen of the anime seiyu world. And you can't... And you can't I, Hirano, your time is up. <laughs> and, and it's not a day difference. Yes. It's, it's back to She's the old She's just school. like she has that trademark squeal in her voice. And she's still good at... She's, she hasn't lost anything in regards to singing, too. Because it's amazing. The, the opening and the ending themes... More the ending themes than anything else. Yeah, like, I because actually... Because they're better than the opening themes for these these two latest series. I actually took the ending theme of Revolution, and I took that part where she goes, Omoi wa shinai! And I made that my ringtone. Like, awesome. I'm such a nerd, but I, I made a ringtone of that. I mean, it's so great. Well, you'll notice that the ending is actually... The ending theme is actually a revolution... Yeah. Whereas the opening theme is like, get up and... No, it's Plenty of Grit. Plenty, Plenty of grit. grit, that's right. Plenty of Grit is the opening theme, and it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I have it on my iPod, and I listen to it when I go walk the dog, but it's got nothing on Revolution, which is the end, end theme, <laughs> and, and it's uh, just... Can we oh talk about ER? A little bit, but remember... Well, yeah, I like, I, like those, I like those two themes as well, but it's, but it's the same thing. Sinadoke, uh, which means hourglass in English... Yeah. Is is ten times better than front breaking, which is in itself a good song. So, but I wonder why that's backwards because normally it's the ending that's not as good. Well, not always. I don't know. I actually kind of like the op- I plenty with, of great. Well, it seemed like uh, so. with but, Slayers, but it I've always like... liked the endings. Like in the long run, I've always liked the yeah. endings. Oh, better. like like the the, one, the first series with the, that ending is the best. The... Yeah, but it's, it also seems like. Uh, uh, if you take the two opening themes, you take uh, take uh, plenty of grit and um, front breaking. One of them's a B side for the other. Yeah. But you don't yeah. get that with uh, with Re- Revolution and Sinadoki. They're both good standalone songs. Mm. So. And you know, I I haven't really kept up with news regarding um, Hayashibara's uh, uh, musical endeavors as of late because. Um, she really has She's just come it. back recently. Well, well, and you have to wonder if she's done four new songs for, for Slayers. Maybe she has a new album out coming, and I haven't checked yet. From what I understand, she is working on a new album. That's what I thought. And I think that was one of the reasons why they took a break, was that she so she could work more on her new album. And I probably also to make the new theme songs. Probably. Because the uh, I believe the theme songs for Revolution came out as singles. But uh, I, I I think the ones for Evolution are they didn't come out as singles they came out with something else probably for this I don't know if they're for the soundtracks of the series though or not the the Slayers Revolution ones came out as singles together yes they are packaged together but uh, the Evolution R came out as singles individually with a side B to them that's what I okay yeah. that makes sense because I knew there was a difference there but I I don't think she released a new album yet because. The thing about the great thing about Megumi Hashibara and Basil's promise that we would do a podcast just on, just on her. Oh my gosh! But, just but on just as, just as a preview, she disappeared for like Wasn't ten she years. Raising kids? Yeah, she got well. Her last major role. Her last major role in anime in the nineties, and you were not. Uh, you were. You could not consider yourself an anime fan if you did not know who she was. That's right. Before before what Dragon Ball Z and what, all these what, other uh, popular series came along. Was it, was it the along. seven degrees of separation to Megumi Hedgebar, or was it only three? I'm pretty sure you could do either. <laughs> yeah. Like, because... She was in everything. She was in everything. Well, she, was, she was good in everything, too. And to this day, I think she's still the most credited... Um, well, I mean, you're talking Rayon Nami, Faye Valentine. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Faye Valentine was her last notable role, and I think she did a couple minor roles after that, but around 1999-2000, she basically disappeared off the face of the earth from the, uh, at least from the anime industry. I think in well, she got married. people started asking yeah. what, what, what happened to her, and yeah. that's when it came out. That she, she, was, she got married, and she had a kid, at least one, and she's finally back with... Uh, with uh, with the new Slayer series, so it was sort of like an eight or nine year absence, but but she's well, actually, back. Actually, she came back and was Rayanami again for the. She well, yeah, that's movies. right. But when did that first? Because the advertisements for that came out for for the new uh, Ava remakes um, 
like an 05. So well, yeah, but that's, that's that was our first major role again. Coming yeah. back was the okay. rebuilds. I'm not familiar with the Ava remakes because I, I have think a Ava's feeling overrated, this but... is all personal speculation. I think after she was coming back to do voice acting for the Ava remakes, I think that's when they went. How about more Slayers? I think they just offered her enough money. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, or maybe she just wants retirement. Can you guys maybe. imagine? I think she just really enjoys uh, voice acting. So, well, I I, I do too. I mean, you you can't listen to her and the way she voice acts and not think that she must enjoy it mm-hmm. in some way. Yes. Like I secretly think that Megumi Hashibara must herself be the be a, like a female otaku. I think and... she's a very much a real life Lena Inverse too in her personality. <laughs> yes. So, because oh, but... that's the voice she seems to do most naturally too. Oh well, so... if you've ever listened to like her talk on radio shows, she talks like Lena Inverse. Yeah, like Lena that's Inverse her default is her... voice. It, it, Lena Inverse is just Megumi Hashibara. Every other voice is her acting, mm-hmm. and you know she did. We have a wide range of roles here: doing Ray Ayanami, then doing Faye Valentine, then doing Lena. Mm, I like, mean, all three of those people had very different voices, as far as I could tell. Yes. Like, Faye Valentine did not sound like Ray, and nor did she sound like Oh, Ray. man, I was so shocked the first time Girl I found out she Ron, did Ray. Uh, I was like, what? Lime from Saber Marionette J. Now, Lime sounded exactly Lime sounded like <laughs> Lena. It a was little a bit more childlike, though. Yeah, Only it was more childlike. And she did Video Girl Eye, too, I think. Okay, wait. But now we're going to put too much into the Marie in oh, right, right, right. podcast. This is about Slayers. Oh my god, Slayers is so great. Yes. It's if you awesome. guys have not read the original book of Slayers, I highly recommend going and reading the original book. And I take it it is out in English, right? It is out in English. They do yes. translate. It's interesting. You about... really should learn Japanese and read in Japanese. I'm not that hardcore. I'm not good yeah, languages. I'd rather just buy a I'm translation. I'm the only one among us that could really do that, though. So, And I don't enjoy doing that because it takes me longer to read. So Yeah, but it's worth it. <laughs> but the whole thing is actually, it's interesting that it actually all takes place as a first-person account. From Lena's perspective. Well, you know, in the first series, they actually made a big issue about that. Like, they did a lot of things in the first series that they don't do in a lot of the later series. Like, things like a little chibi Lena will pop up and start, like, narrating. Yeah. Uh, They did that because they were struggling trying to figure out how to keep the story being from Lena's perspective while at the same time... While at the same time having a, you know... Making it an anime. <laughs> Did the later novels use the same Lena's perspective? Oh yes, yes. All of them stuck with Lena's perspective. In mm. fact, Lena's perspective is why I say that you should go read it in the original Japanese mm. because Lena's perspective is it's interesting. <laughs> I can bet. Like uh, in the novels that basically cover next, like you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the next anime that doesn't happen in the books, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um. There's also several jokes in the books that got left out of the anime because they didn't translate. Because right. the joke was something that Lena thought. Then you can't really go whoop and put yeah. it on the screen. So, but now, how many a awesome word from our sponsors awesome can we give? Or probably a promo this, from another podcast. Episodes of the new Evolution Revolution Slayers thing. Really? To be perfectly honest, I think I can only give them original series awesomes out of awesomes. I can't give them next awesomes out of awesomes. Well, that that makes sense because it's not as good as next. I but it's it. just as good as the first series. I don't think you can really. Well. Uh, I think they're two I'm different. I think they're apples see, and oranges. I'm just glad to see new Slayers. So I'm going to say five awesome Slayers TV seasons out of five. 
So, I'm going but isn't this really the fourth season? So really, keep well, it... I consider because of the different names, Revolution and Evolution are to be uh, to be separate, even though they're not. So, just well, for the hell. But what you want to say? The five out of five for ER. Basil, quit ruining my rating. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. It's five Slayers awesomes of five Slayers awesomes. Okay, so it's perfect score. Perfect, yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay, all right. I say it's 800% more awesome than, than the stuffed animal. Polka. You know how awesome I say it is? Hey, I like polka dots. I say it's Captain Schwan awesome. Oh, no, that's she, pretty she went there. sweet awesome. She went there. I went there. Well, that's all right, because there's a better character than Captain Schwan. And his name was Wiser, so... That's debatable. There's no better character than Captain Schwan. No way. Wiser. Zelos is a better character than Captain Schwan. I agree. I agree. Okay. And Wiser beat out Zelos, so there we go. No. In one separate incident. He played him like a fool the entire time. And Zelos took it. It was a long That's incident. That's all I'm saying. Just like, and y'all are going to take it as we're ending it here. Themes will get you both. Well, oh, we'll get, a, we'll get him like the opening. We gotta get, we gotta get the latest ones. No, we need to get the ones for uh, Revolution. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Revolution. Or ER. No, no, not ER. ER's its own thing.